Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here today, and I pray that the glory of the Lord reach out and touch you right where you're at. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark chapter 6, and we want to talk about some of the aspects of the wisdom of God and the glory of God and some things that we really need to be aware of as we're coming into greater manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So before we jump into today's message, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and open up our spiritual eyes to see the truths in your word in such a way that we can take them and in a very simple way apply them to our lives and then receive the wonderful blessings that come along with obeying your word. Now, Father, we thank you. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit and that he's working right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. By the way, this is not yet the new camera. The new camera is on the way. Praise the Lord. It's it's has shipped out, and I'm very excited about this uh, camera. Um, it's actually, if I'm correct, I think it's able to record in 6K. Not that you need that. You can't even uh, show 6K or even 4K content, for that matter, on YouTube or other streaming platforms. But one day, we'll be able to do that. And it's great to have it recorded and archived in a higher format so that down the road, 10 years or 20 years from now, should the Lord tarry, we have that uh, super high resolution. So I'm very, very excited about this camera coming in. And when we get it, uh, I'm going to take it out of the box. And before we ever turn it on and hook it up, I want to show you exactly what you helped the ministry to acquire. And it is absolutely beautiful. Woo! Praise the Lord. So I'll be unveiling that to you very soon. It's not here yet. We're still running with the old Canon, good old faithful Canon. But the new technology uh, is really, uh, it's amazing. So uh, we have some good plans for this new incoming camera, not only to stream the Wednesday messages to you with, but also when we travel internationally, we're going to take this camera with us because it not only is a world-class video camera, it's also one of the best uh, still photography cameras in the world, and we we want to utilize it a lot. So thank you for helping us to acquire this very beautiful piece of equipment. We could call it hardware, but it's it's kind of a combination of both, isn't it? It's hardware, but it's also technology, and all to the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Now, let's jump into the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? I want to major on that statement that they made from hearing the Lord teach where they proclaimed, what wisdom is this? In other words, they knew he had something special. They were literally astonished at his teaching because it caused what we would know as the Old Testament scriptures to come alive. And he took a book, he took the scroll, and he could just open up God's word and teach and expound upon it. And they were just blown away. They'd, they had never heard the rabbis of the day uh, teach in such a way where it was so easy to understand uh, the message was so anointed, and they were astonished at this wisdom that Jesus, formerly known as the carpenter of Nazareth, that he is now operating in, and also these mighty works that are accompanying the wisdom that he's operating in. Now, there are four types of wisdom that are identified in the Bible. That identification is primarily found in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 15. These four types of wisdom are, number one, earthly wisdom. 
And the problem with earthly wisdom is that it can it can give you a lifting. It can give you a promotion. It can help you in certain areas, but it cannot it cannot give you the type of promotion that is what we would call supernatural in the element where many people that operate in the wisdom of the earth they they would be what you would call your smart people maybe they have degrees in finance maybe they're very very good at numbers maybe they are intellectually brilliant and so you can see how that wisdom moves them forward but i want you to know that God's wisdom, which is above all of these other uh, variables of wisdom, God's wisdom can, if you, it can take somebody that has no education and can move them so far ahead that others would have to say, now we knew who that guy was, or we, we knew who that lady used to be, and the place that they are now in, we're completely puzzled how they got into a place like that. Well, it, the, that is what the supernatural wisdom of God can do compared to natural wisdom. And the danger of earthly wisdom is that earthly wisdom glorifies you or me. If we try to operate in it, it glorifies our intellect. Or I, I took an IQ test, and Pastor Stephen, I want you to know that I scored 300 on the IQ test. Well, that's pretty good. That means you're smarter than uh, Einstein and Tesla and all of them put together. <laughs> Nobody's ever scored that high. I think the highest I've ever heard on a uh, valid IQ test was somebody scored 279. But then again, a lot of times uh, those that score those real high numbers, uh, they seem to have a deficit uh deficiency in other areas where they lack common sense. You know what I'm talking about. But that is the danger of the earthly wisdom is that it glorifies us. And uh, we, want to, we want to glorify the Lord in all that we do. There's also the mention of wisdom that is sensual. So you have sensual wisdom, and that glorifies the fallen world system. And, you know, if you've ever been to New York City, and you go to uh, Manhattan, and you uh, you see all the um, all the billboards, and they're all electronic, and it's quite overwhelming. It's kind of funny because at the same time you're looking at all of this grandeur or earthly glory, you can't help but notice the overwhelming uh, smell of sewer because the sewer systems are struggling to uh, move all of that sewage. So you're you're in you're in this marketing megaplex, and you're having the most high-end luxury banners presented to your eyes uh, of wealth and splendor, and at the same time, your nose is smelling sewer. <laughs> so <laughs> that is sensual wisdom, and it glorifies the fallen world system. And then you have what's called devilish wisdom. That wisdom glorifies the devil, and the devil can make some presentations and some offers, and uh, you could have some upfront enjoyable moments, but there will come an awful payday for anything uh, that uh, anytime you engage with a deal or a bargain with him, even knowingly or unknowingly, uh, that's not going to work out good. And then fourthly, we have divine wisdom. This is the wisdom of God, and it is from above. And because it's from above, that means it's above every other form of wisdom. And the main thing about God's wisdom is that it glorifies him. When you operate in the wisdom of God, it brings glory and honor to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And Jesus was operating in tremendous levels of wisdom. And we want to talk for a moment about what is wisdom. And I think there's many uh, definitions. It's, it's a little bit hard to pin wisdom down. Uh, but let's, let's see if, if we can um, get a good grasp of it. Uh, what is a good definition of wisdom? Well, here's, an, here's a definition, and you may think, oh, no, that's too simple. But let me give you a few examples uh, in light of it. I think one of the best definitions of wisdom is the ability to discern difference. And you might think, well, that's, that, how could that be? Well, think about it just for a moment. The ability to discern difference between, first of all, right and wrong, that's what wisdom is. The ability to discern difference between right 
and wrong, uh, good and evil, and to choose the good. But also, as we filter that on down, just the, the ability to discern difference in people, to discern difference in mood, good mood, bad mood. For example, it's Monday morning, and all weekend long, you've been thinking about asking your boss for a raise, and you've, you've convinced yourself that, yes, I'm going to do that. And so on Monday, you, you're ready to ask him for a raise, but you go in to work, and it's, a, uh, it's like a Monday morning where there at the office, all kinds of weird stuff is happening, it, such as can happen on a Monday. There's an influx of uh, back orders and all of this stuff, and um, maybe a little bit of pandemonium and confusion going on. And then the boss has gotten some news that they're behind on something or another. Then he's gotten some news over here that some of the equipment has broken down. And uh, see, you have to be able to discern difference. Difference in what? The difference in countenance of a person, the difference in timing. And you can realize um, this is not a good, wisdom says, this is not a good time to ask him. Ask him when things are going good. Ask him, let's ask him when he's in a good mood, when we can catch him at the right time. And then your, the potential to get a positive response is going to be a lot higher. Okay, so in many ways, wisdom is the ability to discern difference, and mainly the difference between good and evil. Now, let's go further, because we still need to dig a little bit deeper. Wisdom is also knowing the scriptural way to go. Not just the way to go, the scriptural way to go. Wisdom is knowing the scriptural way to go, the scriptural steps to take, and the scriptural things to do so that God is glorified through your life. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Mm -mm. Now, I'll say it one more time. Wisdom is knowing the scriptural way to go, the scriptural steps to take, and the scriptural things to do so that God is glorified through your life. That really is what biblical wisdom is, praise God. And it, it is, and it's varied, it's, it's so beautiful, and I, I would even say complex, that we could spend a lot of time talking about the definition, but I think we have a good grasp on it, so let's move on. Understand that God's wisdom is not expressed solely through eloquent speech, but it is expressed through mighty works. In other words, it's not about mighty words, because there's some very eloquent people that can really put the words out. But that's, that's really not the manifestation or the proof of wisdom. Okay, Works are proofs that give evidence of God's wisdom functioning in our lives. So it's not about words, although words can be important. It's actually about mighty works. Praise God. In other words, you cannot disassociate the wisdom of God from mighty works. And I, I want you to let this soak into your spirit today. If you will commit your heart to walking in the wisdom of God, the wisdom that comes from above, if you will commit to do that, there eventually, maybe not overnight, maybe not in, within one week, but in time, as time as you just stay with it and begin to see and understand the wisdom of God, sooner or later, trust me, there are going to be what we would call mighty works or very valid proofs that you are a wise person. Mm -mm. Because you cannot separate wisdom and these power manifestations. When you walk in the wisdom of God, you are going to have mighty works in your life. Woo, praise God. So that's very, very promising. And again, the works are proofs that give evidence of God's wisdom and that it is functioning in our lives. Now, let's take a look at some of the blessings of wisdom. And something very, very important I, I want to pull out today is that uh, we, we not only want to walk in wisdom and have these mighty proofs, but we want the wisdom of God to be displayed in the proper setting. And that's something that we don't always talk about, but I felt led of the Holy Spirit to, to uh, discuss it today. Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. And Proverbs being the book of wisdom, 
Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3 and drop down to verse 13 and excuse me while I grab a drink of water. They say it's wisdom to drink a lot of water. I don't know if I, every time I drink a lot of water, I feel bloated. <laughs> Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Pastor Stephen, you need to drink two gallons of water a day. Whoo, Lord have mercy. I don't even know if I could drink one gallon of water a day. Well, it probably is good. It probably does flush you out. But, um, wow, I, I don't know. So, um, anyhow, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Now, that's very interesting that if you were to put out uh, on the table rubies, and then you put out silver coins, and you put out a whole bunch of gold coins, and then you put... Uh, you know, some representation uh, of wisdom, which is an, an intangible substance. In other words, you can't see it, touch it, you know what I'm saying. Uh, and, you, and you tell a person, take your pick. Well, most people, they're going to take the gold. <laughs> but they don't realize if you take the wisdom, you can get everything else on the table. You can get the gold, you can get the silver, and you can get the rubies. And so this is something that has to come by revelation an understanding, a knowing of the value of God's wisdom. Now, verse 16, length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. So there's many blessings associated with the person that walks in the wisdom of God, some of those blessings, again, are happiness. You'll be happy. Number two, length of days. And that's something that we all want. You want to live your full time out? Who knows? Maybe you want to go a little bit longer. I'm sure the Lord doesn't mind you staying around if, you know, as long as you're serving Him and living for Him. You know, maybe maybe it's kind of like in your destiny, you're supposed to live to be 92 or something like that. But maybe you get there and you think, well, Lord, I'm I'm doing good. I'm healthy. I'd like to be a, uh, uh, what's that called? The centenarian where you go over a hundred. Lord, I'd like to go to a hundred or two or something like that. Well, I don't think the Lord would have any problem with that, especially if you want to continue to minister for him and labor for him, pray and so forth. Length of days, praise God. That comes from walking in biblical wisdom. Also, look at this. In her left hand, riches and honor. Now, this will also bring out some things that we're going to talk about in just a moment. But th this, is, this is tremendous. Riches and honor. See, there's going to be proofs in your life that you are a student, a disciple of the wisdom of God. You're a disciple of Christ and also a student of Scripture. And you're somebody that knows the value of God's wisdom. Praise the Lord. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. So wisdom being called her, wisdom is being personified as a person. And you really see that in this short little uh, statement here, synopsis of wisdom, there's a double portion blessing of happiness. Woo! Glory to God. So uh, if you get out of wisdom and you get into foolishness, you're going to have the other end of the spectrum, which is sorrow. But when you walk in the wisdom of God, there's a double portion of happiness that will rest upon your life. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look right across the page and uh, take a, a look just for a moment in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, where it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Praise the Lord. Now, wisdom... Uh, is the chief thing. It's the principal thing. The NIV translation says, excuse me, not the NIV. There's another uh, modern translation. It says, wisdom is supreme. So get it. I really like that. Wisdom, the wisdom of God is supreme. So get it. It's not like this is something, you know, like God's recommending. This is actually a commandment and we need to be students scholars of the wisdom of God. 
because when you really get a grasp of the wisdom of God, what is it going to do? It's going to release powerful proofs in your life. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here's something that's very important. How do we appropriate divine wisdom? In other words, how do we apply it and make use of it, especially when you're dealing with all of the the overflow blessings that come out of a life that's submitted to the wisdom of God. Well, let's take a look here in the book of James, and I was quoting some things earlier from James chapter 3. Let's jump over there now just for a moment. Praise God. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Now, we... We all like to think that we're wise. We like to think that we're understanding of God and His ways. But we want to look deeper into this subject. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the humility of wisdom. Again, let him show by good conduct, by the way that you live your life, that his works are done in the humility, the humility of wisdom. Praise God. This is very important. In order for you to sustain the flow of God's wisdom in your life, you must constantly, constantly walk in a spirit of humility. Praise the Lord. You can begin to get into a flow of wisdom and it begins to produce great works in your life. But listen, without humility, the flow of divine wisdom will begin to deteriorate. Mm-mm. Wow. So we must have this element of humility expressed in our life. And the greater the wisdom, it's going to produce greater manifestations of power, of mighty works, And in order to stabilize yourself in God, you're going to have to walk in humility. The the wisdom of God, while it's very beautiful and it produces all of these amazing benefits that we've looked at, everything from length of days to riches and honor and all of these other things, you have to understand that when you're dealing with wisdom and the power that it produces, it's a little bit like um, maybe working in a nuclear laboratory, and you're dealing with uranium, and you're enriching uranium, and you're going to be involved with nuclear fission, and you're, you're dealing with stuff that, that's, uh, th- th- these are all elements, of course, that God created and put within the earth, but they're far different. Some other uh, materials that, or elements that could uh, uh, not quite be so exciting in the laboratory, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there are these types of things that produce uh, radioactivity. Uh, Not that uranium produces that much radioactivity. There's plenty of other elements that will do more. But uranium and and plutonium, their ability to uh, do amazing things when when their atoms are split and separated, uh, this powerful effect. And one day, if scientists can get it really figured out, it can power every vehicle, every home, uh, anything, anything on the planet, uh, for, and, and it could do it for hundreds and hundreds of years. But that technology still has not yet been figured out. But with God's wisdom, you have to realize you're working with power. So you have to have a heart of humility because you don't want to drop the test tube in the laboratory and create an explosion or do something that has negative consequences. Praise God. Let's take a look at somebody that um, that maybe we could say had an accident in, in the laboratory, the laboratory of life. And let's go over to Daniel chapter 4 just for a moment and look into the life of somebody you are familiar with, those of you that are familiar with Scripture. Uh, Daniel 4, let's look at Nebuchadnezzar just for a moment. Uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 28 All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the twelve months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. And, you know, you had the one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the the palace, the, the gardens of Babylon. 
and you, of course, you know, Babylon being in, in Persia, but also being in a very desert-type area. But yet, with their ingenuity and genius and their, their intellectual wisdom, they've created a garden out in the middle of the desert, a beautiful garden of world renown. So he's walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, It's not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. Boy, this guy, he's done a lot. And the city is probably, at that time, probably the most beautiful city on the face of the earth and uh, was just a wonder, according to ancient historians, to behold. But he is taking all the credit for that. He's taking all the honor for uh, the expansive, expansiveness of the nation and uh, uh, all, the, all the nations that he's conquered and the glory of the kingdom so forth. He is taking all of that honor upon himself. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. So the Lord had been working through Nebuchadnezzar, and the Lord can work through uh, anybody of his choosing, even ungodly kings that do not know him or may worship other false gods. And God was working through Nebuchadnezzar to accomplish his purpose, his purposes in a roundabout way. Look at verse 33. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws, fingernails, you know, out the here, no shower, no bath for seven years, just walking around on all fours, eating grass like an old ox. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> Woo! What happened? What happened? Incredible wisdom to govern and rule over a vast empire of wealth and a mighty army and a city that was the leading city in the world. And he succumbed to pride and it engulfed him. And my friends, you can have beautiful wisdom, even the wisdom where God's touching your mind. But if you don't submit yourself under the mighty hand of God and walk in humility, then it's not going to end well. And it never has with anybody who has gotten lifted up in pride. And you have to be very, very careful about this area when you are walking in the wisdom of God because it's powerful. It will enable you to do exploits. It will, it, the wisdom of God can take a normal person, and if that person submits themselves to the principles, to the commandments, to the instructions of God's Word, I can tell you exactly where they're going. They're going to the top. And so when you, get, when you start making that ascent, you have to be aware of how powerful the Word is, the wisdom is, and you have to be aware of these new realms that you're going into and how they can affect you and how you will be tempted to allow yourself to be lifted up. Be very, very careful about these types of things. Let's go over to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 12. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Mm-mm. Numbers 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Well, of course, Moses wrote the book of Numbers, and Moses, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote that. And God revealed to him that he in his generation at that time, was the most humble man on the planet. Now today, somewhere on this planet of seven and a half billion people, there's somebody walking around right now who's a Christian, who loves God, who is, in the eyes of God, the, the most humble person on the planet. Who is that? I don't know, 
But I'll guarantee you God knows, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they themselves uh, would know that also. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, if that was me, God told me I was the most humble person on the planet. Well, I would post it on Instagram. I'd let everybody know. <laughs> right? So can you see the moment that that, that pride starts, I want to tell people, yes, God has just told me that. Well, he's doing that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he's not going cuckoo over that. See, he's not going to Hollywood over that. He's not like uh, becoming a celebrity over that. He's sharing that to help us to know that you can walk in these types of places and still be stabilized. And, and you need that because Moses was operating in phenomenal wisdom, governing what many theologians believe to have been at least probably about 3 million people, and he's governing over all of them, uh, and he's, he's having to rely upon that wisdom of God, and God's working through him with also with signs and wonders and miracles. So in order for Moses to, uh, you know, keep this going in the right direction, he really has to stay humble. And uh, he was. He was a very humble person, and I think that's why he's such a... Uh, if we could use the word a legend, but at the same time, we know he's a real man. And what what will really help is to be anchored in humility when you're operating in the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. Excuse me. <clears throat> now, wisdom is always linked to humility. When Christ was on the earth, he was the most humble person of all time. While he's walking in mind-blowing wisdom that made people literally stand back and say, whew, what kind of wisdom is this? And what kind of power? Where did he get all this? Where did he get this power from? So they knew he had it, but yet he was the most hum humble person ever. And that really will help you to not only reach the top, but to enjoy your time there and uh, maintain a good witness while you're there. Praise the Lord. Let's go over to the book of Deuteronomy just for a moment, also written by Moses, but through the Holy, by the Holy Spirit through Moses. And take a look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. And before I read this, uh, brace yourself. Don't think for a moment that somehow because you're in the new covenant that you're going to be exempt from this warning that Moses gave to God's people which speaks just as much to us today as it did to them back then. Okay, are you ready? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. Beware. Okay, the caution, warning. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. How many of you like multiplication? I know I do. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And then verse 16, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and, and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, okay, in the midst of all of this multiplication, in the midst of all of this, got your new home, got your, got your, uh, all your nice furniture in your house, got your swimming pool out back, got the vehicle of your dreams parked out front. You, you've gone beyond the American dream. You, you're, you're in the kingdom dream, right? You've got all of this stuff going on for you, verse 17. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Watch out. Watch out. I'm telling you, wisdom, the wisdom of God produces, not peanuts. It produces mighty works. Nothing wrong with peanuts. You can make all kinds of things out of it. Peanut butter made one man famous, right? Okay, one scientist, uh, he worked with the peanut um, and became world-renowned for that. But the, this wisdom, can it can elevate you in any area, whatever your career field is. Peanut farmer or, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Or whether you're going to be one of the first ones on that trip to Mars. It doesn't matter. The Word of God is so powerful, and it will bring along with it 
uh, explosive proofs in your, in your life. But along with that, don't for a moment think that this is you pulling all of this off. Well, now I do have to admit, Pastor Stephen, I do have a high IQ. No, 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 you're not that smart. We knew you, who you were. You're not that smart, and you're still not that smart today. That This is God that's done this for you, and you should give him all the glory. Pastor Stephen, when God does it for me, I'll never forget. That's what many of them say. And then when they start get, getting the lifting, because that's what the wisdom of God, his word will produce, then suddenly... When they break into these new realms, suddenly they're like, well, you know, I, I, am, I am a pretty hard worker. You know, I, I do uh, work 12 hours a day, and look what I've done. Well, you, you still can't take credit for it, even if you work 18 hours a day. Well, that was me working, Pastor Stephen. That wasn't God. I did all that work. Yeah, but God gave you the body to work. He gave you his oxygen to breathe. He gave you a brain to work with. And really, even as Paul the Apostle said, it is God who who works in us and through us to accomplish his purposes. So the very energy or what you would call drive or willpower to get that done, that's originating from God too. A, a, a passion to work all day long, so not the sundown. That's coming from God. You can't take any glory for yourself. You have to give it all to him because it's all due to him. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. So then we come into the classic verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power. Okay, that power is associated with wisdom in walking in the commandments of God that begin to produce all of these great blessings, such as wealth and riches, long life, happiness. Woo, glory to God. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. So this wisdom that produces such a living, uh, excuse me, such a lifting up must always be appreciated. The Lord must always be thanked for it, and he must always be acknowledged as the all-wise God. And let us never touch or try to take the glory that belongs to him. Praise the Lord. Always stay humble and give God all the glory. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Oh, it'll be easy, Pastor Stephen. As God lifts me up, I'll, get, I'll do it all the time. Well, we need to make that commitment to do it. But I, I'm telling you, as, as you're lifting, some things can hit you sometimes and uh, try to get you to, uh, uh, you know, begin to boast on your own uh, abilities and so forth. Watch out. Watch out for that. You don't want to be joining the oxen out there eating any grass. You don't want me to have to come out there and, uh, uh, you know, uh, clip your fingernails because they're now five inches long, <laughs> okay? Because <laughs> if that happens to you, I'm just going to let you ride out your seven years. <laughs> and then after there's a humbling and you come back, then uh, I'll say, yeah, you need to go to the salon and or the pet, get a pedicure, get all fixed up. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we really need to stay grounded. Praise God. The wisdom of God will take you on a very high trajectory. But don't let the high ride cause you to become high-minded. I want to say that again. That's what I got from the Lord today. The wisdom of God will take you on a very high trajectory. But don't let the high ride cause you to become high-minded. Right now, lift your hands and say, God, for every good thing that your wisdom produces, I give you all the glory. I give you all the glory. I give you all the glory. And this wisdom can be, my friends, can be very uh, varied. See, the wisdom of God expressed through Jesus with his healing ministry, blind eyes being opened. And you could be a person that maybe you don't even have what we would call a full-time healing ministry. But yet you might, you might pray for somebody because Scripture says, you shall lay your hands, believers shall lay your hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So you do it not not per se because you're a minister. You just do it because you're a, a minister of reconciliation. So you might pray for somebody that's lost, and you might pray for a believer, but you pray for them in the name of Jesus. And because you walk in the wisdom of God, which is you walk in the light of his word, don't be surprised when, boom, that power hits. And the next thing you know, God heals that person right in front of your eyes. And their eyes do open up. 
and they can see or they can hear for the first time perhaps ever in their life. Don't start thinking, well, I'll tell you what, I've really got something. No, you don't have anything that God didn't give you. The, the moment that wisdom begins to produce mighty proofs, lift your hands and say, God, I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. And if it helps, get on your knees. God, I give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. In the book of Isaiah, the Lord said multiple times, I will not share my glory. In other words, pride would try to take it unto yourself. And the moment you do that, you'll start to deteriorate that lofty, beautiful wisdom. It'll, it, it, it'll, yeah, you just will not be able to uh, pick it up. You can't pick it up. Why? Because God resists the proud and it'll start to cut off. It'll start to cut off and you have to have it fresh because you'll have new experiences and you need fresh wisdom to deal with them. So you can't run off old oil. Praise the Lord, but God will resist the proud and he'll give grace to the humble. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I want to stay humble because I want to walk in this wisdom and see uh, the lifting un uh, unfold that God has for me. So what do I need to do to stay humble? That's a good question. Um, and uh, I've heard many responses over the years. Some people say, well, Pastor Stephen, we need to pray more so that we stay humble. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, humble yourself. And it doesn't say you know, by praying more, uh, pastor Stephen, I know what I need to do. I'm going to do a hundred day fast. Well, that's not the prescription for humility because you could finish a, a fast. And then the next thing you're wanting to do is tell everybody how long you fasted for. I want everybody to know that I have just fasted for 100 days. Please everybody give me a hand. We need to get this on the news. We need to get this on a Christian newspaper, <laughs> right? You could be proud of your fasting. <laughs> and look, I'm an advocate big time for prayer and fasting because these are core principles that Christ himself taught that we should engage in. But you have to, you have to look at motive and with humility, it's not so much what you do, it's why you do it. So you humble yourself. God will never humble you. Now God can absolutely frustrate you sometimes and it's not the devil. It's God. It's like Jonah being frustrated by the whale. This is the devil. No, Jonah, this is not the devil. This is God. <laughs> Woo! And I've had the Lord deal with me sometimes in certain areas that I didn't want to surrender in. And the Lord's like, you're going to surrender. Lord, I don't think I want to. Oh, you're going to. And I would, you know, put up a somewhat of a fight. But the God could bring the heat. Uh, and he, he didn't bring a whale because that wasn't what, what uh, the solution that was designed for Stephen Brooks, but he brought something else. And the moment it showed up, I thought, Lord, you know what? I think I want to do it your way. God's like, yeah, you'd, you'd better do it my way <laughs> or you're going to go for a ride. <laughs> so remember this as, as the Lord lifts you and he blesses you with your dream property or your dream job or mighty works evidenced in many other areas uh, across the beautiful spectrum of God's grace. Just remember, God, this is all you're doing, and I don't want to touch your glory. I give you all the praise for it. I give you all the honor for it. I give you all the credit for what you have done in my life. Now, when you will do that, you can maintain that phenomenal wisdom that will continue to flow to you and cause you to be unique and to express the glory of God in other ways that people couldn't even, they couldn't even fabricate that in their mind if they tried. They can't go there. You, you can't go there unless God takes you there with his wisdom. Now, you might have a lot of others, once you break it through, try to emulate you or copy it. That's okay. You're already, you're already, you're not only already doing it, you're probably already on to something else. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. So humility uh, will help you to give the Lord all the glory, all the glory. Praise God. This is something that Paul, uh, he had to learn as well. He had such tremendous, he had such a tremendous spirit of wisdom and revelation on him that he had, he had so much revelation of what Christ accomplished for us at Calvary at the cross. And he had all kinds of revelation of understanding 
what we would call the hidden types and shadows of the Old Testament and what God was trying to convey and imply for us as New Covenant believers, that, uh, that lest he be lifted above the measure that God had designed for him and set for him, the Lord allowed a messenger of Satan to buffet Paul. Or, Pastor Stephen, what was a messenger of Satan? Well, a messenger of God would be an, uh, an angelos in the Greek, which is the word for an angel. So a messenger of God would be a heavenly messenger, but a messenger of Satan would be a demon or an evil spirit. Most likely that just stirred up trouble for Paul and caused Paul to have, I would call it unusual persecution to keep him balanced, lest he be lifted up with pride because he knows more than anybody else. And don't forget, he don't you better not forget, he's a student of Gamaliel. Mm, extra smart with the best teachers. Can can you see how this could cause your intellect, your brain just and you next thing you know you think you're better than everybody else. You think you're smarter than everybody else. And you could be an athlete and you think you have a better body than everybody else. I'm physically superior to everybody else. Do you, you see how sneaky this can be? And you have to stay humble, give God all the glory. And we all have areas where we, we do have strengths. But the wisdom of God will take you into areas where you see power like you've never seen it before. So you're going to have to be grounded in wisdom, excuse me, in humility, so that you can continue to live for the Lord, not misrepresent the Lord, and also not implode the whole thing like Nebuchadnezzar did and, and others in the Bible who were mightily lifted up by God by walking in the wisdom of his word. And when they were at the very top, they got into pride. So be careful because the glory of God is coming. Yes, Pastor Stephen, revival. I can almost taste revival. The glory is coming. That's great. Just don't try to take it for yourself. <laughs> Have fun in it. Let the Lord work through you. Let the, word, let the Lord use you. Let the Lord express his wisdom through you to be a blessing to humanity, to solve problems, to bring new products into the earth, to release the anointing, to operate in signs and wonders and miracles. But, but stay in a place of humility because um, that lofty lifting can also bring some very unusual temptations to want to pat yourself on the back and, uh, you know, let others speak well of you. And I'm not saying going around, call, call yourself an idiot or, you know, like a, or a dummy or something like that, but I'm just saying do as much as you can to deflect personally and to give and reflect all the glory and credit back to the Lord the best that you can. You'll always have those that don't understand that, and maybe they want to put you on a pedestal, but, um, but just give all the glory to the Lord, and that will really help you to continue to walk in that wisdom, and you're going to need it, not just a, a one touch from God. You will need the spirit of wisdom to rest on you continually, and it rested on Jesus he also rested on Moses. It was on, the spirit of wisdom was on Moses so strong, he could lay his hands on Joshua and transfer that same anointing. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You cannot separate wisdom and mighty works, wisdom and incredible proofs. Wow. I mean, I'm telling you the word produces. So I'm just saying, as it does, stay grounded. And remember the words of Moses Beware, beware, lest you come into all of this and then you start saying, yeah, this is me. Yeah, I'm anointed. Did you see that? Yes, you, and you can be anointed, <laughs> but God anointed you. It came from the Lord. <laughs> I mean, they just come out of the thin air, out of nowhere. You know, it came from the Lord. So give the Lord the glory and you will continue to stay in that place of the flow of the spirit of wisdom. Lift your hands, Father. I pray for your people. I thank you that your wisdom is flowing into their minds, into their understanding, and it's producing solutions that they need, and it's producing beautiful things in their life. 
So, Father, I just thank you. Help them to remember the words of James. Father, that you resist the proud. You stiff-arm them. And that is a cutting off of the wisdom. And even scarier, it is a blocking of your grace. And, Father, without your grace, we can't stand. We can't stand. So we thank you. We thank you, O God. Just let that be deposited into our spirit to maintain that balance of wisdom and also humility. We give you all the praise for the great things that you're doing, that you've done, and that you're going to do. And Lord, we, we would ask that you would do mighty works, exploits, exploits that give you great honor and glory. And we thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> glory, glory to the Lord. Just think about that as you are experiencing the Lord's lifting. Be thinking, Lord, in what ways can I humble myself? Lord, in the midst of all of this good stuff you're doing in my life, in what ways can I express a humble attitude and a humble heart? Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's so good, I'm going to read it one more time. And that, again, we'll close with this, James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the humility of wisdom. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, all wisdom is bundled up in him. And I'm not saying that because you don't know him, you don't have wisdom. I'm just saying that there is a wisdom that comes from God. And to receive the fullness of that wisdom, you need to be in Christ. So if you would like to receive Christ and receive his eternal life and forgiveness of sins, ask him into your heart right now as I lead you in prayer. Just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus... You died to save sinners, and I am a sinner. So, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and save me now. I surrender my life to you. I give my heart to you. Jesus, wash all of my sins away and write my name in your book of life and teach me your ways and your biblical wisdom. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen and amen. For those of you that just prayed that for the first time, that was the wisest thing you have ever done or will ever do in your entire life, which is to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shout praise God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Let's take Holy Communion together today. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. And we set it apart as holy through this prayer. We thank you that this is now the body, the flesh, and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we just thank you for new realms of your wisdom, operating in new realms of your wisdom. Thank you, Father God, that we know what steps to take, what direction to go in, that we know exactly what we're supposed to do each step of the way, and may every step bring you glory. Thank you. We celebrate your wisdom, O God. Father, we celebrate Christ, who is the power and wisdom of you. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. When you drive around in your dream vehicle, lift your hands up. 
Not while you're driving. Of course, you want to keep a hand on the steering wheel. But just in some way say, God, thank you for your wisdom that you have enabled me to get this vehicle. And I give you all the credit and the glory for it. When you walk around your swimming pool in your dream home, say, Jesus, this is beautiful. Look what you have done in my life. Lord, I've followed your word and your principles, and look what it has produced. Lord, I give you all the glory. And if the Lord wants you to hold Bible studies at your pool, do it for his glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. When you write out a big offering check, say, Jesus, all that I give is what that you have given me. And Jesus, I give you all the credit that I can write out this check for this amount, for this offering. Jesus, I praise you for it. Thank you. And he'll multiply an offering like that. Hallelujah. A hundredfold is very best. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that you would wash us clean from all sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you that our sins and our iniquities you remember no more. Thank you, Father. Help us to walk in humility and to be aware of that walk on a daily basis. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to the Lord. The Lord is working on hearts. He's softening hearts right now. And a humble heart is a soft heart. Praise the Lord. I see right now grace is being released. Receive it. Grace is being released. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. Woo! Praise the Lord. The grace of the Lord is being released. Receive. Father, we praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is he uh, he's healing, ringing in the ears right now. If you have ringing in the ears, put one hand on your, on your ear and the other hand on, on the screen, on your monitor or on your phone. Here comes the anointing. Father, we give you praise. I rebuke the ringing in the ears. Loose that person. Go and never come back. In Jesus' name, be healed in the name of the Lord. Now lift your hands and praise God for your healing. And, oh God, we give you all the glory. Jesus, we praise you for your healing power. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Somebody, you're having a... Um, a toothache right back in this area. And uh, for whatever reason, you can't get to the doctor, to the dentist. Maybe the, uh, there is no dentist in your area and it, you're hurting right now. Put your, put your hand on that area of your tooth in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the infection. I rebuke the pain from the nerve and upwards be healed in Jesus name. Be healed. And I rebuke any bacteria that would have caused this throbbing in this pain. I command that area of the, of the mouth, the tooth, the gums be healed completely to God's glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now in Jesus' name. That's an instant miracle right there. Praise God for it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for that person, there's even like a, an antiseptic field in your mouth, almost like a numbness. It's because the Lord has done the surgery. He's done the dental work on your mouth. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now there's financial lifting coming for many of you. Give God all the credit. Give him all the glory. He's giving you supernatural wisdom. Praise God. Others of you will be used mightily in miracles and signs and wonders and ministering to the sick and also ministering uh, deliverance to those who are bound by the devil. And as, it, as the deliverance and healings take place, lift your hands and give God all the praise. Praise the Lord. Don't ever touch the glory. Amen. It's a beautiful thing to be in, but it's God's and he won't, he won't share it. It belongs to him. 
Praise God. Let his wisdom flow. Father, we thank you in Jesus' great name. Amen and amen. My friends, thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.